hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Saddlecast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and joined for the first time in a normal episode for a while by Ollie Warner. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. I'm good. It's um, strange to be back and we've actually got some football news to talk about rather than, I don't know how to describe it, <laughs> COVID stuff. <laughs> COVID stuff, yeah, and uh, looking and at retro games. Machines. Yeah. Yes, it's been a, been an interesting period. We, we were just talking before we started recording, weren't we, Ollie, about how long it's actually been, and this is episode 34 for the season of sort of normal pods, and the last one we did, which is obviously 33, was 8th of March 2020, Ollie. I mean, what have you done productive between the 8th of March and now, Ollie? What, what have you been up to? Um, I've got a lot fitter, done a lot of running, Good man. lost some weight, worked yep. from home every single day. <laughs> My garden's looking better, um, so that kind of stuff quite... Yeah, and we're, I think we're, I can't remember which we are, but we're about two-thirds through the Marvel movies. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I would recommend go. Ozark, um, which is good as well. So, yeah, yes. lots of stuff like that. Um, it's been an interesting time. I've had the opposite, Ollie. I managed to get uh, injured, went into the hospital two weeks into <laughs> to the lockdown, and I've spent two weeks on crutches and four weeks not being able to walk properly, but I'm just about over it now. So, yeah, I've kind of wasted lockdown so far. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's not been the greatest as well. But working oh, yeah. with two kids. I took not... Man United to the Premier League title <laughs> in the third season as well. <laughs> oh, there you go. Everybody, everybody's got high expectations now, Ollie, of your uh, tactical knowledge. And uh, you've been texting me about it, so you, you seem to be on the ball. But yeah, we, we thought we'd come back, didn't we, um, to have a chat about really what's been going on? Because obviously, we had the retained list last week and, and the deals with um, obviously the loan players leaving. Um, there's been a lot of news about obviously League One being called off, Ollie, and, and the implications of that. And, and for us, and there was also a press release the football club put out with some other bits and pieces about ticket news and. Um, the complaint about Liverpool um, and issues to do with lockdown. And then we thought we'd just have a very quick look at some of the kind of key issues starting to look at 2020-2021, which is obviously our next season coming up. So we've got quite a bit to cover, haven't we, Ollie? And yeah. I don't know, what, what are you looking forward to talking about the most now? You, you know, you, you want to talk about football stuff again, don't you? Yeah, football stuff, <laughs> players. Um, not so much transfer news, but yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into, into the retain list, talking through that. I think that's going to be the cool. highlight for the pod for this for this pod for me. Okay, well, without further ado, we'll move on to that. Pierre Cummings. This is Aaron Pierre from distance. Finds the corner in the 89th minute. So the retain list was out, Glenn. Um, so there's mm-hmm. an update. Different approach this time. A very visual approach with the players' faces in terms of yeah. announcement from the club. So it's yeah, good worth just noting that the media stuff in rec- this season and stuff has been really good, and they continue to do a great job. Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting to see. So in terms of um, unfortunate news for some of these players. Uh, Murphy, Vincelo, Taylor, Moandi, who unfortunately were not offered new deals, so mm-hmm. they'll be leaving the club. Um, so yeah, for first thoughts on the players that have kind of left, Glenn. Any surprises? I suppose maybe Vincelo was the one, I, I guess, that maybe people would have thought he's battled back. We've, we've seen him through an injury and we might have stuck with him. Similar to what we did with a few players over, over recent years where they've come back from a bad injury and we have given him another contract. I think Weslowski was one of them, maybe Junior Brown as well. But for me, I wasn't overly disappointed with these four being the only four to leave now. Um, obviously, Murphy is pretty old. He's coming to the end of his career and, and probably can get another deal somewhere else. He's, he's a reasonable goalkeeper, isn't he? Um, and we're obviously looking elsewhere. So, Vincelo, I'm 50-50 on. You know, it is a risk to take a player of his age with an injury like that any further. Um, he was coming into his better form, Molly, just before it sort of all came to a head, which is a shame, but it's the nature of football. And two young lads that obviously haven't made it, a, a kind of, um, I suppose, that the way that that's softened for me is that we have offered another two lads a contract. So, 
so it kind of balances out for me. So you know, we're not we're not one of the most exciting retained lists, I suppose, and, and maybe something that I'm I'm all right with to be honest. Yeah, I think it's um it's worth noting that we've got a lot of players under contract, haven't we? Yes. So it was never going to be the most extreme, or you know, we've had seen some yeah some interesting retained lists in recent years. I think that's just kind of building <laughs> on good work that's happened in the last few years. Um, I think the whole COVID thing does make the retain list and recruitment interesting. And let's yes. talk about the positive side of it, is that there's going to be potentially, I'd imagine, slimming down a squads in the championship, which mm-hmm. is obviously going to then have an impact on League One. So, you know, maybe we can get better players. Um, and also Shrewsbury's financial stability is going to give us hopefully some small advantage. Um, so yeah. I think that might play into it um, in terms of Sam Ricketts wants to see what happens. And obviously the Championship hasn't even finished their season yet, so no. they have to have a bit of a wait to see what happens there. Um, so I think, yeah. I think it's a sensible thing to do. Um, and yeah, we could always go back if we wanted to, I guess. Um, but it's yeah. unlikely we would do no. that. I think that those are the three areas where... Burgoyne is, and we'll come to the offer deals. Let's just yeah. run through those as well, Ollie. So, offered a deal to Omar Beckles, um, Josh Laurent, um, Ryan Barnett, Harry Burgoyne, and Cameron Gregory. Now, the, the one that stands out to me there when we talk about the retained list and who we've let go is that we, we've talked on the podcast just before it finished, Ollie, about what would happen with Harry Burgoyne. And we, you know, I made my you know prediction that he would have definitely played for us before the end of the season. Obviously, that didn't happen because the season got called <laughs> off. But he, he's clearly done enough to get offered a yeah. deal in, in training, and that kind of makes me think that my prediction was obviously correct Ollie and he would have played for us um so we're looking at Burgoyne and I think my and my my first view is we're probably looking at him to be our first choice goalkeeper Cameron Gregory to be a backup and probably another another keeper to come in maybe of some experience to help them out who knows that that might be where I think we're going mm, um sure. yeah who knows I, yeah he's clearly a decent surprised. player though Burgoyne isn't he Potentially, but I wouldn't mm. be surprised if we do the old yeah, sign yeah. championship player um, loan type thing like Max O'Leary. Mm. But we'll see. Again, it's just a, it's a good option apparently, but we've never seen him play, so it's hard to kind of cast any kind of um, yeah big big kind of statements about him. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, Lauren is obviously the the one that really kind of sticks out, doesn't yeah. it, in terms yeah. of being offered. A deal. Um, obviously, there's rumours before of championship clubs being interested in, in mm-hmm. him. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned on the podcast a long time ago, a football analyst who I've spoken to did question how his kind of goal scoring ability in terms of <laughs> rates and question whether he'd be good enough for the championship and the, the role that he plays. Um, but yeah, that would be an interesting one. And obviously, again, COVID will have an impact on, I'm sure, on, on that decision for him as well, which I imagine they won't be making for really quite a long time now. No, you know, do you want to stay with a club in League One that you know probably? Let's be honest, next season probably not going to get relegated with the with the core of the squad that sort of stayed up fairly easily in the end. I know we've had the season called off, or do you want to go and test it in the Championship at a club where maybe finances are more unpredictable well, in this COVID not, situation? Going to get offered the deal? That's the thing, isn't it? Is um, um, yeah, less deals flying around. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, in the Championship, I'm talking about. Is yeah. he going to get an offer in the Championship? I'd, I'd be surprised if he hasn't. He hasn't going to get a deal, but is it the right deal, and is it going to be financially lucrative and secure? It might be financially lucrative. I'd imagine most contracts you might get from up there are going to be pretty decent compared to what we pay. But is it the sort of thing that you're going to be sure you get your wages? Who knows? It's it's there. But I mean, I'll ask you the question then about Beckles, Laurent, Barnett, Burgoyne, and Gregory. If all of them signed, would you be quite happy with that, or was was there any on that five you thought you wouldn't have minded being on the retained list? Um. Uh, nice, nice to see Barnett, and hopefully he'll he'll sign mm-hmm. and nice see him come through. Um, other than that, yeah, Lauren would be good to keep, and Beckles is a nice to have. But I, I'm fairly confident that if we if we didn't keep them, we'd find other players. 
Mm. I, I, I like the fact we've offered Beckles a deal. I think that he's shown himself... You know, as much as there are people that will say he's a liability and and hasn't been the best player for us, he's also been decent at times during his career and and sometimes really good during that season where we almost got promoted. So he's got a lot of credit in the bank for me personally. And from everything I've read about and, and talked to the bloke and seen on the the community side, he offers this football club a hell of a lot off the pitch as well. And and we've just been pre- just having a quick chat about the impacts of football and the situations that are going on at the moment. You know, sort of in the the climate of the world. Someone like Omar Beckles, he, he does a lot of great work in that area. And I think you know there are there are reasons for football clubs to kind of keep players sometimes beyond football for me though I, I, I like him he offers us a lot of cover in a couple of positions and can offer us a little bit of an attacking threat in his, his rampaging way sometimes so I'm, I'm quite glad to see Beckles on the list I think he was the only one I thought saw a few people on sort of Facebook and, and Twitter complaining about and I, I'm not having that I'd like to see our master here I like I like the continuity of it and I like us to keep some players that do stay for quite a long time sometimes Ollie it does doesn't it is nice to kind of have a player like that that you like and, and sort of stays I suppose yeah, no, definitely. And, mm. and it's worth noting we've got a, a good kind of base to work from, haven't we? A good solid For foundation. Sure. Um, with, I, I counted it before, like 14 senior pros. Yes. In in there. Um, obviously, names like Sean Worley, Noel Byrne, um, Sears, Love, Velo, obviously came in January. I haven't seen a lot mm. of um, Gossi. Um, and yeah, some some really good players in there. Yeah. Um, and a couple, yeah, Pierre obviously probably been standout in terms of probably yeah. our best player, really, actually, in terms of. Um, out of all those um, and Jason Cummings and there's a few people I think who've got to kind of prove themselves like Jason Cummings um, Donald Love didn't have the best end to the season no um, nope. and a few players yeah so it was a potential in that squad I think the one that kind of probably was the biggest surprise is the realisation that Brad Walker <laughs> is still here um, because <laughs> when it was announced he signed he signed an 18 month deal and that was the Madness. that was the press notice so obviously there's been some extension or there's been a, an extension or in, um, trigger in his contract somewhere, and he's still with us. It was Ricketts' first signing, wasn't he? Or it was one of the first ones, wasn't he? Yeah, so he was. Obviously, yeah. obviously, uh, obviously he was, a little bit. Couldn't even play for us, could he? Because he signed and he was <laughs> on loan at Wrexham. Yeah, so he's obviously got uh, got his got his teeth into Ricketts somewhere, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a shocker that to be honest. With you. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't have been overly bothered if Brad Walker was not on the retained list. But no, I think that you still haven't got even past Ludlow, have you? Yeah, even no, even if he um, was out of contract, I think probably he would have got offered a deal. Um, the way that Ricketts works, and and you talk about you know that base to build from. And you're right, you know experience and and you know Goldborn and Williams. For me, the way it feels is defensively we look pretty well set for next season. If Beckles resigned, you might bring in one more maybe sort of defender that can cover the, the wing back positions maybe, and you might be pretty set to go forward. To be honest with you. Um, Obviously, it's, it's up front and, and the goalkeeper situation will need sorting out pretty quickly if it isn't going to be going. And from there, you know, you look at a team that was, let's be honest, in and out last season. And we'll do the end of season review at some point, Ollie, with, with the guys as usual. But it was a very boring and dull season at times um, with a couple of sparkling moments. So it gives that core group of players a chance to maybe build on what we were getting at the end of the year when we changed tactics and, and see where they can go from there um, and I don't mind that as an idea why, why try to rebuild everything from scratch now when it seemed like Ricketts might have found a slightly different approach to things that he could have got more out of the players that we, we clearly had who were clearly good you know there's almost certainly more you can get out of Goss there's, there's more you can get out of a Cummings maybe even in terms of goals so there's definitely that, that headroom to improve isn't there in terms of if we change tactics maybe I don't know but you know there's definitely more in some of these players than we saw last year yeah, you'd say so. so there's some good yeah. potential in this squad, um, and then yeah, maybe just looking at um, like in terms of like loan players. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought we had some good loans. Yeah, um, and I think loans are here to stay, um, and again helped bolster some quality into the squad. 
Yeah, so Max O'Leary, Callum Lang, Conor McElhaney, Sam Hart and Kane Ramsey obviously all played their last games for the football club for, for the moment, I suppose, unless we re-sign them. Um, and their loans have now been terminated with the end of League One. And for me, I just I, I went through them really. I thought Max O'Leary had an exceptional season. I would have given him an 8 out of 10. I thought Callum Lang, when he played, if, if you take away the injury period, could have given him a solid 7. Um, I would have said the same for Conor McElhaney. He wasn't with us very long, but definitely his influence and the way we changed tactics really helped us towards the end of the season when results did pick up a little bit. Um, and he was an exciting player to watch, so I'd give him a seven. Uh, Sam Hart, in the games I saw him, he was pretty poor and looked a little bit out of his depth. Um, I remember one of the I Follow games we watched, Ollie, where he was at an absolute nightmare. So give him a three. And Kane Ramsey, I think I'd give him a five. He didn't play too much, did he? So to me, there's three there that I'd happily have back. I mean, Max Leary's not going to come here. He, he, he should be looking to get in Bristol City's team or, or go somewhere a little bit better than us. But if Lang and McElhaney, those deals are doable in the summer, they're the two I'd get back, Ollie. I don't know if you'd, you'd add anyone to that. Yeah, I'd obviously would love to have Max O'Leary back. Um, mm. And for me, yeah, Callum Lang has shown as a player that um, he's got quite a bit of versatility. He can play yep. up front, he can play in the number 10 role, he can play on either flank. Um, and yeah, he's a, he's definitely the kind of player I'd, I'd either recommend or like to see back. Um, mm. And yeah, the others, yeah, not so much. Didn't really see a lot of them, um, a lot out of them in terms of their performance. They probably rue their, their missed opportunity, really, um, well. in terms of pushing on in their career after we lost the first Tuesday Town community quiz to Conor McElhaney and Kane Ramsey in fairly embarrassing fashion Ollie you know do we really want to see them some of those questions were so random (laughs) it was unbelievable do we really want to see them back at this football club after they after they showed us up I don't know but yeah I mean it'll be interesting after the way that Lang particularly played I think and and certainly Conor McElhaney they they might have offers elsewhere but you know again talking about how how this football club is there might be an opportunity for us to, to maybe sweep in and get a player that we might not necessarily have always thought we could get on a permanent deal but um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes back. Um, but yeah, I suppose thanks thanks to them for all their efforts. Really, I suppose is, is all you can say. They they all played a part in in a season where we weren't really in relegation trouble. So um, that was it. And the whole reason the lone players have gone back, Ollie, is League One, isn't it? It is yeah. now officially called off. Um, and we finished fifteenth, Ollie. You know, what's your reflections on our, our final finishing place? Fair or not? Yeah, I'd say it was a it was, mm. it was a as we said quite a few times um, during the regular pods. Um, to be mid-table, you win some and you lose some, then you draw mm-hmm. some, and that was kind of the results as they come across. <laughs> Doing a bit of prep for the end of season review, um, there's a few dark spots in there. Um, yep. You have a lot of defeats and not so many goals. Bad um, run. So I think it's a, it's a season. It's a bit of a transitional season. Um, it's a season that we're probably probably didn't push on us. You know, remember when January transfer window or coming up to that, you know, yep. we were seen as the dark horses for the playoffs. And we completely blew that up. So, I'd, and yeah, it'd be really fascinating to understand what's how Sam Ricketts rates this season in terms of progression. Um, in terms of some of the recruitment stuff, I think it's been good. Um, but definitely we didn't kind of... Was it a par? Probably not. Probably below par, I think. What would you say, Glenn? I, honestly, I think it's like one place above where we should have finished in some respects. I, I, before I talk about what I think, do you think we'd have finished 15th if the season would have finished? I mean, if we'd played the games out? Yeah, yeah. Um... Probably yes. I think we probably would have picked up some more points. Mm-hmm. I think our average points per game would have gone up slightly. Um, we were getting better. We had terrible January, February, um, yep. and then yeah, as we came into March, we started to pick up a few results. And I think we probably would have got more results playing this new better formation. And also, I yeah, think 
Lang coming back and a few other players. I think we would have done. I think we'd have had a good end to the season, which mm. is a bit of a shame then for Ricketts because, yeah, as, 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 um, as um, some chairman might say, the season is thirty, you know, thirty-eight games or forty-six games for a full season, um, not where we ended. So yeah, it's a, it's it's a. Imagine Sam Ricketts in some ways a little bit frustrated that he didn't get to play those games out. Yeah. Which I think in terms of where we are, you know, it was a mid-seasons mid-season kind of season yeah it's interesting because we obviously finished um, 15th in the end because of the fact they went on the points per game deal didn't they and um, we went one place above Lincoln to me where I thought we'd finish and and the way probably would have been fair is about 15th 16th 17th something like that and when you look at how the table finished obviously we were four four and a half points I suppose as it is now behind Bristol Rovers um, as it finished and then there was sort of that gap of Blackpool Burton um, up to Ipswich on 52 so I doubt we'd have overhauled many of those teams above us I could have seen us getting Bristol Rovers were on a right they so. were on a bad run. Yeah, they won their last game, but um, yeah, but you know maybe Bristol Rovers, but then Lincoln, you know they hadn't lost in two, so maybe they would have finished above us. So I think 15, 16, 17 seems about fair, and and it's probably a reflection of a very middling season where we finished. We won ten, we drew eleven, we lost thirteen. You know that is about as middling form as you can get. Didn't score enough goals and had a minus eleven goal difference. So just about halfway or just below halfway is, is fairly reflective of how the season went in the league to be honest with you a couple of good results and um, a very a very notable number of stinkers as well so yeah what interesting do you think, where do you would you feel this was a, a good season obviously just a bit of a mini review here but was it a good season do you think or below par or above par it's, it's tricky isn't it Ricketts' his first full season it hasn't finished and it's it's hard to really put a cap on that um, to me the, the period where he didn't win for 10 games in the league was very concerning that he did show we could turn it around at the end, so that's fine. But we went, you know, lost one, lost one, lost to finish the season. So it wasn't, it was okay, it was better, but it was still <laughs> wasn't exactly playoff form. I guess that it was, um, it's tricky, isn't it, Ollie? I, I think I need to have a, have a more of a think about that to be definitive on it. It wasn't yeah, a great season. You need season. to research that's the season. That's all I say. Because <laughs> when I was doing that, I've started to work on the agenda. Mm. It is. Um... Yeah, it, it, you do really need to remember some of these games because you had Portsmouth and Ryan Giles scoring. How long that seems like a long time ago, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's more like because 15th position is one of our highest finishes for years and years if you take away the first season. So, you know, statistically, and I like my statistics, it was a better season than we've had in League One for quite a while. You know, um, I think it was Turner had our other good finish, didn't he? And I think that was um, 16th, wasn't it? So. It makes me want to say, well, okay, yeah, there's positive signs there. But my, my overriding emotion from last season was one of frustration and concern at times. And I, I didn't come out of it with too many good feelings. So to me, it's kind of a season where I don't think I'm going to remember anything about it. Nothing other than Liverpool really stood out about the season. The results were middling and our finishing was middling as well. So maybe people COVID can look at it. take over your memory. Exactly, yeah. You'll, you'll remember it for this more than anything, which is, which is interesting. And, and yeah. it's a bit of a season which has just been, you know, not thrown away, but it's kind of just discarded now. Um, yeah. I'm just glad, Ollie that it finished and all the players that got their goals and the records get to stand I, I was pleased about that aspect, aspect of it yeah this, I don't I don't think it would be right for the season to be void um, nope. so what did actually happen then just for those who kind of completely switched off from football or um, <laughs> so basically the, the League One um, took its time I think it's fair to say to kind of gotcha. come to a, a close and basically there was a two step process one is they well three step process in a sense one is they kind of took some consideration from clubs in terms of how the season could end then they took a series of votes um, which all came down to <laughs> essentially uh, did the season was the season um, were they going to do points again the season going to end and, they, and it came down to in 18 teams of the 23 agreed the season should should end um, yeah. that meant that playoffs were still going to be played um, 
but relegated teams were going to be relegated on points per game. Um, and I think probably worth kind of two kind of couple of highlights from that is one tram may get relegated um, through a vote, um, which is mm. frustrating for their fans and for themselves, especially given we remember how crazy the end of last season was um, and how yep. it can change dramatically. So I can understand their frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think quite hilariously, um, we had quite a big role in the um, in terms of Peterborough because we beat them and we didn't beat yeah. many teams, as you said, Glenn. We lost more than we won. And then also, um, due to international mm-hmm. call-ups, um, their game in hand wasn't played against us. And those three points, where would those three points would have put um, Peterborough? Yeah, they'd have been in the playoffs, wouldn't they? So they would it's, have been. Uh, it is a bit, yeah, it's a bit unfair, isn't it? But it, interestingly, you know, the Peterborough chairman didn't he? he said at the start of the season, if we don't go up this year, I'm going to resign. I think he's maybe thinking twice about that comment. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I put some comment on one of uh, the Peterborough chairman's things on Twitter, and he decided to respond in a less than less than positive manner. Um, so <laughs> it's another chairman I've annoyed in the football league, Ollie. So I'll start start keeping count. I think at some point, but. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It had to end somewhere, and there's always it's going to be wins and losers in this. It's the best of a worst options, isn't it? This is the best of, yeah, of a bad exactly. bunch um, in terms of, and it's the fairest. And, and unfortunately, in these things, clubs are going to vote in what is their best interest. And given the league is so large, and there's so many teams in who basically had nothing to play for, why would Shrewsbury mm-hmm. want to lose hundreds of thousands of pounds just so other teams could either say survive relegation or get promoted? And as harsh as that sounds, it's the truth. Um, one, mm-hmm. as Brian said, at risk of players, um, we're seeing players in the Premier League um, and also the Stoke manager has, have had COVID, um, got, got COVID now. Um, the risk is high and the cost was huge. Um, and for to help clubs like Sunderland with their cash flow and their dire needs and for people like yeah clubs like Peterborough to try and get a chance of getting into the playoffs mm. it didn't seem the right way to go so I think overall it was the right thing to do and even Peterborough's arguments Peterborough fans I saw was like well if you can't if your club can't afford to finish season how can it afford to go on next season but I think even the narrative around that has changed and maybe we'll come to that at the end about how there may well be fans in the ground by the start of next season so financially the whole ball game is very different yeah. isn't it so I think that you know, even in that aspect, you know, the Peter fans have unfortunately sounds just got like to take a very tribalistic response. Yeah, and I, I, I think I can, and I can feel for Tramway and Peter fans. In all honesty, if we were in either of those situations, I would have probably been trying to burn down the FL. But it is, it is what it is, isn't it? And well, you know, we can, can tell you what's we, a, a fascinating thought is how are Peter Tramway going to respond to these kind of votes in the future? Because they kind of mm-hmm. made a bit of a bed themselves now. So if anything like this, they need to vote not for their own self interest, but for this collective good. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. It'd be interesting to see if you know Tramia seem like a fairly well-run club. So they don't seem like the sort of club that are going to go pop anytime soon. And even they had to make fifteen people redundant by getting yeah. relegated to League Two. And and Wickham have done the same, and they just got bought by multi-millionaire owners from America. So it's some very interesting things going on about staffing levels and costs and stuff, and and the financial aspects of what will go on and how football will run are, are really interesting and probably worth I think a, a more detailed look at it if we do a podcast looking at next season and what's going on. Ollie, I think so. I think we could probably move on from that bit. I yeah. mean, there's still there's still going to be League One football, Ollie. Um, there's obviously the playoffs in League One and Two to, to be finished. Um, so I was going to ask you, really, in terms of coming up, um, well, let's just look at who's coming up, really. So we've got Crewe, Plymouth and Swindon who are automatically promoted now from the points per game, which is great. Two close-ish games in Crewe and Swindon, which are not too hard to get to. Um, so that's a good start for us, isn't it? It'll probably be a couple of decent away attendances, that. Yeah, Crewe will be fun. Uh... Yeah. Imagine last time we went there, I couldn't even get in the, in the Shrewsbury away end. I went in the home mm. end. We were I was around that day, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a very busy day. So yeah, Crew's a nice one and it's a good a good train journey um, game. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, Plymouth is miles away, but Swindon should be interested in the STFC derby. Um, so that should be good. Should be interesting. Um, and yeah, and in the playoffs, you've obviously got a choice of Cheltenham, Exeter, Colchester, or Northampton. So again, for for my uh, Cheltenham would be good. I'd like Cheltenham uh, to come yeah. up. It's always a good away day. Some good pubs. Northampton. I'm fed up of going to Northampton. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they can stay there. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind. I, Cheltenham or Northampton. I don't mind either. And because when I went to uni, the, the, there was three lads, who, who, you know, sort of a group, group, group of us in my. Um, what was very very small <laughs> course I did planning course. Um, one of them was a Cheltenham fan. Um, one of them was a Northampton fan, and then I was a Shrewsbury Town fan. So um, yeah, I don't mind either of them coming up because I get to see someone I know. But you know, both again localish. Let's let's kind of keep it as local as, as possible. Really, it makes things a lot easier. So unlucky Exeter and Colchester. I'd rather you guys stay down. And then obviously, Ollie, we've got the League One playoffs, which is maybe where your as football passions you may feel a bit more strongly about who you want to lose these playoffs more than who you want to win it because there's Wickham. Oxford, Fleetwood and Portsmouth. So who are you rooting for in the League One playoffs, Ollie? Um, I think Portsmouth the most, I think. Yeah. Nice manager. Um, got obviously a couple of Shrewsbury Town players in there. I'd like to see them do well. I'd like to see Wickham get absolutely annihilated, embarrassed in both games. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> not not going to get an argument on that one from me, Ollie, no. to be fair. And I mean, both I Oxford and Fleetwood's chair, uh, managers are um, unsavoury characters, so Trappy. I don't really care about them. But yeah, Portsmouth hopefully to win. Um, we've got some nice fans um, and good manager and obviously the Shrewsbury Town connections with Bolton and McLivery but um, yeah I really hope Wickham lose um, yeah we can't have Fleetwood in the Championship Ollie. I'm not having that at all especially you can't have, a, can't have Fleetwood in the Championship before we ever get there <laughs> that not, needs to not happen so Portsmouth yeah they can go back up I'm, I'm happy with that as well so yeah it'll be interesting I mean I probably will watch some of the some of the League One football just I mean, I mean yeah. you know talking about football coming back in general obviously we're recording this on the 15th which is um, Tuesday and football is back tomorrow, isn't it? I think the first Premiership game is on. Oh, sorry, it's Monday, Wednesday. isn't it? Sorry. The first football game is yeah Wednesday. So you know I've watched quite a bit of German football, Ollie, and and the piped in crowd noises makes it much more palatable. And um, I'm interested to see what it's like watching British football because I can hear a lot of German people shouting uh, possible obscenities when I'm watching German football. So, <laughs> so I'm quite interested to see how much swearing from players you get to hear during these uh, behind closed doors games as you will going forward. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of unfolds. Mm. Um, and yeah, I imagine I'll probably watch quite a few at the start. And then I imagine I'll probably get a bit bored because every game's going to be on. It's going to be on TV in one format or another. Saturday's mental. Have you seen? It's yeah. like a game at twelve to four, six, and eight. You know, all Premiership games as well. So, um, you know, it, but it's not as fun as the World Cup. Or possibly too much. Yeah, like, no. I'm, not, I'm not so excited about seeing teams like Bournemouth or or Villa play, whatever. But we'll see. Anyway, so well, yeah, that'd be interesting. To, we, sorry, I was going to say we need that blackout three o'clock blackout back as soon as COVID's over. That's massive for our leagues, isn't it? So. There will be games at three o'clock, won't there, in the next few weeks? Apparently, and that's fine during this period. And but if they try to slip that um, under the door when when no one's really looking, when football comes back, we'll be in big trouble, I think, in the league. So, yeah, that, there we go. Go on, Ollie. What are we moving on to then? Yeah, so there's a couple of other things, isn't there, worth just kind of covering off? There's the Liverpool thing. Um, yeah, it's not really too much of a surprise. Um, apparently, they didn't play a weakened team, um, and I guess the FA just didn't want to get into a bum fight with their lawyers. Pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic, Ollie. Yeah, let's move on from it. It's, it's it's a long time ago now. Well, I'm not really that bothered anymore. I'm not bothered. I, I, you know, I'm bothered because it just is a symptom of some of the some of the ills in football that I don't like about where the money and the power and the influence lie in football. And um, it just brings me on to another point: is that there's a, a guy called Martin Calladine who wrote the book The Ugly Game. I think you, you probably have seen him on Twitter, and, and he wrote a really good book about sort of you know the, the modern football and, and some of the problems with it. And he wanted to talk to me about um, 
the issue when we didn't get promoted um, under Hurst because the three clubs that did get promoted lost something like you know almost thirty million between them. You know horrendous amounts of money, and yet we made a small profit that year. And it was talking about how that imbalance makes you feel as a football fan. And we ended up going on to talk about all sorts of things about um, things in modern football. And just this is another example of it. We ended up talking about this quite a lot, and um, he was taking lots of notes. So maybe this whole Liverpool incident will make it into his new book he's writing, which apparently is coming out next year. So uh, he said he'll let me know when it comes out. I shall mention it on the podcast Ollie because uh, we might have a little bit of Shrewsbury Town stuff in it but the whole thing is a bit of a shambles they clearly played a weekend team um, but the FA can just fall back and say well we agreed the winter break and so therefore there's a get out of jail free card and it it lost us money Jurgen Klopp's gone down in my estimation Liverpool Football Club I'm, I'm not best pleased with the whole way they treated it not selling us tickets we ranted about it to the end of the days it is what it is um, I guess we'll remember that when, when something like this comes along next time and, and see where we're at but um, yeah you're right it's probably time to draw a line under it because no one's going to help a little football club in the FA and that's it unfortunately no exactly it's just a reminder of why it's nice to support a proper community football team exactly, um, exactly. which is go. a nice segue actually to good segue um, some interesting news from the club <laughs> um, yes. the club had announced that you, um, well announced legally they'd have to do this um, in terms of offering refunds mm. for the 2019-20 season uh, and I'm sure Brian won't mind me sharing that he shared with me that he um I could sense there was like a, a, a quite a, an element of emotion in his email from Brian that he was overwhelmed <laughs> by the amount of emails he's had um, from fans and families um, saying that they will not want a refund. Um, yeah. And I think it's just, as I summar- I'd summarise it as it's, a, you know, under Matt Williams, under De Brian and the chairman and the media team and the club and the manager and the fans and the supporters parliament and all these links all together as have built a real connection between the fans and the club. Um, mm-hmm. And we really are a community club. Um, and I think that is being um, evidenced you know, to to those who aren't Shrewsbury Town fans in the fact that, yeah, one, a lot of football club fans are not taking the, the, the... A lot of fans are not taking a refund, but I think it's just it's just great to see that um, yeah. that's the way it's going to go. So and there's going to be a, a wall of fame, Glenn. There is. I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. And the way I would uh, capstone what you just said is that the football club are reaping the, the, the rewards of the goodwill they put into the fan base over the last five years particularly. Everything they've done through the Sports Parliament and, and the, the things that have come forward for fans from the Memorial Garden. We obviously had the Ruth Williams Gates announced um, last couple of weeks. Another addition to that, which is absolutely fantastic, the club have, have helped with. From Safe Standing, which was a fan idea, taking all of that through. There's just these avenues that any football fan who supports our football can see that as a fan, you have a way to approach our football club and potentially improve it and and and, and make something better for fans. And we've been part of a lot of those things and, and, and come up with ideas and, and stuff in Sports Parliament that have been taken forward. And it's just brilliant. And I think that, you know, for us as a football club, the reason why no one's taken up their money up is that I think there's a lot of appreciation for what's gone on. And there's a lot of appreciation for the financial strategy we've taken forward so that we are now in a fairly comfortable position compared to most. And I think that that's brilliant, to be fair. And I yeah. think that's happening at a lot of clubs. I think it is, that, yeah. You know, I think clubs so, like, that look after their fans. fans. Yeah, it's funny. Two percent. Yeah, two yeah. percent. Yeah, I think we have to have to say that you know, if you for those fans that need the money, then obviously that's the right thing to do. Um, and the club have said yes, that. Yes, totally. We definitely say that. Um, but I think the fans who are able and are still employed um, and is able to make this choice um, know mm. that it's going to help the, the kind of the playing standard um, of the club, of the team. Um, so yeah, if you don't need to take the money back and you do take the refund. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you will be impacted on the playing budget, um, but obviously everyone's yeah. Yeah. free to do what they want to do. 
Yeah, and the Wall of Fame's a good idea. I think it's great, and it shows the club even then, even with them taking that, you know, the, the rewards they've they've got from the, the way they've looked after us as fans. I think that you know they're still giving the fans back something, isn't it? And um, and I think it's it's just great. I think that Brian puts a lot of time and effort into thinking about these things, as we've got to know him personally as well over the last few years. He clearly absolutely adores this football club. I, I, I would say that now, um, and he adores being able to put smiles on people's faces. And then this is just another example of it. Um, so yeah, I remember, I remember back to the first meeting we ever had with him, with him and Kitgate Ollie and how tense <laughs> that was and how you were like, I can't believe he wants to keep the going of this job. But yeah, to, to think about how things have come on even in this in this time period is, is fantastic. So I've renewed Ollie now. I, I haven't the last time we caught up, um, and I've renewed my two kids as well. So I think they were saying there's something like one thousand renewed. I'd be surprised if that isn't up towards two thousand now. Um, and for next season, obviously, um, there was some initial chat that people will probably get iFollow for free if for, for streams for those games if the games don't go ahead with fans in. But then there's been this sort of move as well to maybe having fans in there as well. Um, and if you're a season ticket holder, I think that potentially, for me, I don't know what you think about this, but if you've committed now already, I think that when it comes to looking for people who are going to be in uh, the, the seats, if there's only a certain amount could go there, I have no problem with it being a lottery of season ticket holders. It's possibly harsh on a lot of people who've been furloughed and maybe there's some nuance that needs to be done there. But really, I think you've got to reward people who are putting money in already in a, in a difficult time. It's tricky though. I, I think there are a lot of things where people could point figures at my point of view there, but I'm just saying next time I see to go on, I'm probably really selfish. But th- there is going to need to be some thought on that, and I'm, I'm sure that Brian will consult the Sports Parliament about it anyway. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's something they've always, club has always said, you know, they'll, whether it's tickets for away games and things like that, season tickets holders will be rewarded yeah. for their, yeah, putting their money in, into the club um, uh, to help them budget and, and finance the club. So, yeah, um, some good, interesting yeah. points there, and yeah, um, a lot of points it, we just need to cover off. Yeah, I think it's, it, there's the last point I was just going to mention is that it's, you know it's not happening at every club though, and it, it, it's sad when you see some of the fans getting jerked around by their football club. But obviously, Sunderland fans, for example, are having the biggest problems. I don't know if you've read about a lot yeah. of that, but you know the whole thing about it's not even giving refunds and all the, the, the rules behind it. It just they're making a rod for their own back, aren't they? They're then they're doing the opposite. They're not supporting their fans. So down the line, are the fans going to support them? I suppose it's the same situation. And you know even for sort of people who bought tickets for away games, um, so we were going to play. Just before it finished, weren't we? And someone had bought a ticket for a Coventry away game, and he just he cannot get his money for that away ticket back from them. So there are clubs there that are dragging their heels and not doing the right thing, and, and I think that's a real shame. But for me, I want it to be that you know this is the sort of thing that our football clubs doing that helps build that fan base that we keep growing our attendance, and other clubs will, will have to reap the issues for the, the problems they've caused their own fans down the line. I'm sure it will sure it'll come back to bite them. Yeah, well, it might have an impact in terms of the next season, which is going to be interesting yeah, to exactly. see how many people are going to be wanted going to games, when fans are going to be able to go. Um, there's a lot of questions about next season that need to be resolved. Um, which And the funny thing about this period is sometimes things get resolved or get worse and things get better or worse quite quickly um, in this. Yes. It could be that you know by the time the season starts fans in stadiums is that not actually really much of a, of a topic I'm not sure if I maybe yeah, I'm being a bit overly optimistic but um, mm. yeah we, we, I think it's it's a week by week month by month type thing it is and and you know that, that's the situation the, the whole Covid thing it's probably worth just having a reflect on the whole Covid situation and we, we should just say we're not through it are we Ollie you know there have been restrictions lifted you know the shop's open today zoos and, and parks have started to open and we're looking at you know pubs being open down the line pretty soon and it does seem like there is a return to normality coming although I don't you know I can't see myself back in my office for a while and kids probably even my kids are going to have a week back in school early before the summer now which is great so things are starting to change but we should just reflect on the real period where everyone was totally locked down and, and we do need to mention Ollie the work that the community team have done during this period um, because it has been 
possibly the most impressive thing about the football club during lockdown. And there's been a lot of impressive things, but the amount of work they've done seeking out people um, to, to give them these sort of, uh, what are they called now, um, you know, packages of, of stuff to keep people going. They've been calling all of our old season ticket holders to check, check they're okay. They've been making sure their young and, and sort of disabled teams have, have been doing okay. They've been doing calls for the youth teams with like players from Connor Goldson to I think Joe Hart's been on one of them. They've been getting all our old ex-players involved. Just so much of the content I've seen them putting out has been absolutely fantastic. Um, and even this last two weeks, they've been doing this, um, I think it's run, walk or cycle, certain mileage and everyone adds their mileage together and, and it's raising money for, for the club. They did the quiz that we were part of. You know, Jamie and that team have been fantastic to be honest with you. And I think that, you know, we paid credit to Brian particularly on this podcast and over the last few weeks. But yeah, again, the community team couldn't really have done much more, I don't think, during this, could they? No, they're doing a great job. Um, and yeah, it's good for seeing the, it's been quite nice seeing the videos and yeah, who they've been looking after. Yeah, brilliant. It's keeping the morale up among the community. And yeah, it's been really, really good to see. What kept my morale up was the one video they put out where they were taking out the sort of uh, care packages, that was the word I was looking for before, and uh, took one to, I think it was uh, little Corbin, who, who a lot of town fans will know, and he was fantastic, he was delighted. And then the next one, they went um, uh, sort of down into Abbey Forgate somewhere and into someone's house, and an old mom came to the door and was like, oh, thanks very much, sort of thing, took the Shoesby Town bag and took it into the house, and then he just looks up at Sam Ricketts and he's like, who are you then? And he goes, I'm the manager. And he goes, oh, you look very different close up than you do on a match day. And then Sam Ricketts <laughs> went... I got no stress anymore, <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. I just thought things are really brilliant about the football club and some of the. We just showed you the, the guy was so surprised to see the manager; he didn't really believe it was. Yeah, him, so. he was pretty humble. <laughs> Rick was really funny, to be fair. So, um, yeah, that was great, and and that kind of adds on to the other sort of thing. And I did a sort of end of season review on the Twitter the other day, and it was very positive off the field. It's hard not to be at the moment, but like I say the lads who've not been on furlough um, in the media team have been brilliant, putting all the content we've been part of. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit at the end when we talk about the future of the podcast over the next few weeks. But um, yeah, even that the other content input has been great and, and the messaging has been very clear from the football club Ollie you know this this letter that Brian's put out you were right in what you said about him and, and it coming from the heart you know you could read that letter he put out to the whole fan base and you knew that it meant something to him do you know what I mean yeah no definitely yeah. definitely the clubs have been really clear um, and timely in terms of the communication um, which is yeah helps the fans feel free to show reassured that they're going to do the right thing and, and we're, as with the season ticket I knew that I had no doubt, you know, whatever they were going to do, whatever situation was going to turn out to be, I was going to be protected one way or another. Yeah. And the last thing to say is the club have now, I think, you know, most people will be aware, but everybody was on furlough now, um, but the club have been making up everybody's wages. So, you know, no one's taken a hit even when they're on furlough, which I think is a fantastic move and a move that, you know, I know a lot of companies, without saying anything, have not been doing. Um, so people who've been off on furlough have been not getting, you know, all their wages. So it is one of those things. Um, but, you know, me and you have talked about this, neither me or you have been on furlough, have we, during this whole period, which is quite strange when lots and lots of people have. So um, everyone's sort of trying to find their own way through lockdown, aren't, aren't they, Ollie? And I think to round off this little COVID bit, you'll be glad to see the back of it you wouldn't you know going back to normal is something that i think people are craving now isn't it yeah definitely i'm looking forward to yeah being able to go to a pub go to a football game mm, and yeah see yeah. family and friends yeah definitely looking forward to there's been still a few little benefits but um yeah it's been really yeah, hard for true. a lot of people working from home is great until you say there's two children running around the house all day and then <laughs> it's a it's a whole different ball game i'll be honest with you anyway you want to get out of the pub watching your twitter ollie you've still been drinking a fair bit of uh, yeah, craft ales although i've lost some weight <laughs> <laughs> You've been drinking some craft ales, I've seen, you know, special yeah, cans and the other way. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we'll wrap up uh, this pod, I suppose, really. Um, we haven't got uh, a top three to do or anything, have we, Ollie? But just a few initial thoughts about next season. And we briefly touched on a few of them, but 
what do you, what do you think about next season so far? Where, where, where are your current thinking off the back of the, the, the sort of podcast we did a few weeks back with the with the nine guys? Yeah, um, it's changed a lot, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think for me, the thing that's going to be probably the most interesting is like how how football overall is going to be impacted um, from a financial perspective, and then how it's going to impact on the competitiveness of the of the football league and how that's going to react. I think that's going to be really fascinating to be be worrying to watch in some ways whether any clubs fold. Um, but obviously it all comes back down to Shrewsbury and it'd be really fascinating to see what kind of players we can recruit we can recruit, um, whether COVID gives us an opportunity, um, whether teams trim down. So I think the bit that I'm looking forward to is obviously prefer watching football games, but I think it's been really fascinating to see how our squad gets built yeah. um, and, and how the rest of the football league um, and community kind of respond um, to to COVID and the, and the financial implications because there will be financial impact whether it's um, you know less people going out to eat because they haven't got they've made, made redundant or whether it's mm-hmm. less companies doing corporate events so that money yep. from the club will come down less people going to the games and even just spending less money on match days so yeah there's definitely going to be a, a, a long term impact it might be a few years or maybe even longer until we get back to um, you know where we were in March yeah, I can I can understand, and there's going to be a little bit of um, you know, normally I'd be the first to fire the handle if you know the program went up by twenty p or, or or it felt like the football club were trying to gouge a little bit more money out of people to soften the blow of everything that's gone on. I suppose we've got to be a little bit more understanding to it to that sort of thing, but as long as it's very sensitive and it isn't taking the p, which I suspect a lot of football clubs will do. Do you know what I mean? And and you know, I imagine if a lot of football clubs hadn't already announced their season ticket prices for next year, they might well have found they were going to be going up a bit more than they they were. But um, yeah, I think we've got to understand that, and I think that's going to be the same across the whole football league, Ollie. Um, but it is definitely going to be a different. You're right. It's definitely going to be a different landscape. I think um, a lot of things will change. The way that training is undertaken, the, the the social distancing, the what we can do with fans, you know, every aspect of a of a of a, of a football club is going to have to take some serious changes, isn't it? And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Sam Ricketts was talking in the paper today. Ollie. I don't know if you've read it yet, but he was talking about the fact that he thinks, you know, his views of what's going to happen are smaller squad sizes. He doesn't think you'll see big transfers for a few years in the, in the football league. Um, the Premiership's a different ball game. Um, and so he he was considering that new landscape and how we now go about our work in a different way to maybe we did before. And he, he said, quite honestly, that he doesn't know whether we're shopping in, in I think he said it's shopping in Lidl or um, Harrods. You know, it's hard to tell what a player's really worth nowadays. Um, so it's all got to shake out, hasn't it? And, and change the changes to the transfer system and changes to the, when the transfer window closes. It might be December. You know, we'll probably have to come back and cover a lot of these things once they're, they're nailed down. But it's going to be interesting to see how it all comes together. And hopefully it comes together in a way that suits every club, not just the ones at the top. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, mm. It'd be fascinating to see what squad we look like. And you're right, transfer window probably won't close for quite a while um, yeah. as the season starts. So I think there'll be a lot of things that'll be quite different um, from a squad building fan perspective into this new this new season whenever it starts. Mm. It will, it will, there we go. And it's someone was saying, you know, even if you let fans in and they're distanced socially, how do you get around the issue of people getting up and down to go to the toilet or people meeting in the toilet? There's so many things logistically if if a second wave comes and, and some fans can be allowed in there or how it's going to work, you know. And, and fair play to anyone who works at a football club and who's trying to make these decisions at the moment because it must be a bloody nightmare. Your head must just be constantly spinning, to be honest with you. I mean, there's one issue that the football club haven't raised yet, which is, you know, could they have raised some additional money from somewhere? And they probably don't need it, but... 
they probably would want it <laughs> if someone did it. And, you know, we've seen football clubs starting to do this thing where you can buy your, your picture and put it in a stadium, um, lots of things like that. You know, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the football club did come out and say, look, we need to just do this to tide us over A, B, C, D, because I'd rather they did that than take a big loan and, and you know, potentially put the, put football club in a worse situation. But it's interesting, we haven't seen anything like that yet. No, I think it's a bit too early, isn't it, until... Yeah, possibly. Um, probably, yeah. OK, we've got cash reserves, which we can run off for now. Um, and mm. I think it'll be, yeah, the... And I guess it would just be whether how we cut the budget um, and all that kind of stuff. But I guess, obviously, we've got the signings to look forward to. Um, hopefully, we can get some kind of insight in terms of what kind of football we're going to kind of expect and um, from the manager. But there's also a potential um, new kit, Glenn. Yes, there will. Well, definitely. Well, that's the thing. We say potential new kit. You know, is that somewhere the football club could... Well, it'd save it'd save the fans some money, and it'd be a bit of a, a benefit, I suppose. But then it wouldn't make them so much money. I'd be surprised if we don't have a new kit, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have three new kits. To be honest with you, but pricing again is going to have to be sensitive. Don't push it too far to try and recoup some of those losses because you'll get big pushback again. It's just an area where you know there could be some price gouging at other clubs. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I suspect we'll get three new kits. I suspect we'll probably get. Well, I'd like to think we'll get two kits this year, Ollie, and make sure that we design them in a way that means we don't need a bloody third kit <laughs> yeah, that we never hardly totally use. FIFA when you got. A between blue or <laughs> bluey purple. Oh, terrible, terrible. That white thing, what a shambles. Um, talking about that, actually, if anyone's listening to this now, for the next two days on the Blue and Amber Twitter account, we're, we're running a um, worst Shrewsbury Town shirt of all time, and that kit does feature the white one um, because you can't buy it, which is odd. Um, but yeah, it's quite quite good fun to see what everyone is. And we're going going back as far as the 80s, looking at some of the shocking 80s and 90s kits we had. Um, but a lot of people seem to be voting for A-line kits, Ollie. Do you remember how bad they were? There was some pretty... <laughs> Pretty awful kits in the eighties, um, shorts as well. Um, but yeah, um, also the, that goalkeeper combo you shared was pretty horrific. <laughs> terrible, terrible. So there's, that's a bit of bit of off off topic content. I suppose we we could just leave this podcast Ollie, with a bit of a podcast update, really, because we do appreciate it was a long period between these two sort of regular pods, and we we brought you some content, but. Due, due to my injury really we, we stopped doing some of those retro ones but we, we can bring that back as a more regular feature during the summer and stuff can't we now and we've always got that to turn to because there's absolutely tons of old games now that Town have put out and, and those are fantastic to watch back so we'll dip in and out of those won't we Ollie but in general we're trying now to focus on um, bringing together the, the end of season review which should be two episodes over the next couple of weeks with Lewis, Mark Elliott um, and my brother Mike Price as usual so you're in, you're in the midst of organising that aren't you Ollie? Yeah we're in the midst of that doing the agenda we've, we really learning the season um, which is obviously yep, very important yeah. to do a end of season review it's great fun um, and yeah <laughs> I'm looking forward to then looking ahead um, and what, what what's in terms of team and formation and players and all that kind of stuff so yeah it should be exciting yeah, yeah. as we kind of get uh, get through all that but it's been good to catch up and um, we had a lot of different yeah. discussions and threads we needed to close out and kind of bring together in this pod so it's good to do a, a normal pod for, as, as such if this was a normal yeah, pod and, uh, it was normal enough, Ollie. It feels normal. Although I will apologise for the rumbling in the background because we just had a big storm come through Shrewsbury while we were recording. So might have been a bit of a different noise to usual. But we should just say, you know, you know, anything you've listened to, if you've got any thoughts or feelings on it, feel free to contact the Saddlecast Twitter account. We we do generally use the stuff that we get sent and it does help inform the discussions we have. And obviously I'm Blue and Amber Fanzine on Twitter as well and you'll, you'll find a lot of good conversations going on on Twitter, a lot of good content, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. So that's the best place to come and join us. And over the summer, stay in touch, I suppose. It's the best thing to do. You know, it's, it's good for all fans to kind of keep keep up with each other and make sure we're all doing okay aren't we Ollie so yeah I think that's a nice place to leave it Ollie I'm still feeling quite chipper I'm still not feeling negative yet Ollie after what I said on a recent podcast you haven't <laughs> seen football for a long time that's why <laughs> I was only slightly mean to Brad Walker um so that's that's about it really but yeah bring back football um and yeah good to catch up Ollie we shall we shall speak again for the end of season podcast cool cheers guys thanks for listening